0: y'all. This is Gloria Shume, and you're listening to Agosian Airwaves. You are listening to iGosian Airwaves, which is the official podcast of Igo Global. I don't know if you turned onto the wrong channel, but that's the one you're on. And I don't even know how that works with channels and podcasts, of course. So, I'm your host, Shu, and we are coming to you via Zoom once again because of the virus, and because our guest today is quite a quite a ways away. And to meet up, I mean, we could have had good food or something, and mm-hmm. and a lot of fun, maybe even played disc golf, but. It still would have been a lot of time where we can just connect this way. Our guest is John Davison, not Davidson. I know you probably no. get that a hundred times uh, every time you introduce yourself, but like it's John Davison. Yes, and he is currently the way I know him now is he's the college pastor. But what's the official title? Pastor. That's of- the. Uh, uh-
1: Nope, it's college pastor. That's college pastor one.
0: at First yeah. Baptist Church of Bryan, Texas, which is Bryan College Station's all kind of one big place. So mm-hmm. he is working mainly with Aggies and those who wish they were. And but but I've known John for a long time. He's a super summer leader. Green school at DBU is where we hung out most of the time. But he's been yes. in youth ministry. He's been in Green School, which is that preparing students for college. Just a great place to be. John, welcome to the podcast.
1: It is a pleasure and an honor. uh, (laughs) Checking one of these boxes for me.
0: I don't know if it could possibly be both of those, but I appreciate you saying (laughs) it anyway, Um,
1: but I also didn't know that live with you was an option because Chiloso is in the burrito Trinity. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: you, like if I could have been there, uh, it would have been worth uh, making that drive. Just letting you know for next time.
0: Part two, yes, we'll do Chiloso and and then we'll we'll do an in person podcast. Just Come on, consider it done, whatever that means. Right. Put <laughs> it in the books. We'll do that for sure. So, hey man, before College Station, Bryan area, First Baptist Bryan all these things where where have you been in ministry what what tell us your background and sure. uh, bring us up to date
1: yeah so i was thinking this morning as i was driving in uh 20 2021 is here so this is year 22 of student ministry for me wow
0: nice
1: um and thankfully all of my student ministry stint has been in the great state of texas amen uh, from 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 wichita falls to tyler to san antonio uh, and then for the previous 10 years before we came to bryan college station we were in sherman texas Ooh, that's uh, a little so
0: bit too close to oklahoma
1: it, well know this we planted a church in oklahoma while i was there and and i spent 18 months of my time in sherman in oklahoma at that church mm. uh and yes uh, we know um and no then, wonder
0: no wonder you have such a heart for missions
1: <laughs> it's, it's when you, you have to have your passport with you all the time to get yep. up there. Yep. It's a yep. worldview. Yep. Um, <laughs> was big chunk of that, uh, in Sherman, I was a junior high pastor. Okay. Um, and the the logical next step from junior high ministry is of course college ministry, of course, uh, that our college students are basically just like post pubescent junior high kids anyway um, and function. And so this is, this is where we're at. Uh, thankfully now doing uh, college ministry in, um, college Mecca. Uh, if you want to call it that we, we asked the Lord to be like, Hey, where, where could we have the most impact with a ton of college students? And he opened up the door to Brown college station.
0: That's cool. Um, it, it yeah. is, a, it's a fun place, right? Like it's never boring.
1: That's one way to describe it. Um, there, there's a lot of worship that happens here um, in a lot of different fronts, and uh, one of the things that we were excited about, <clears throat> us personally, we have two boys um, that are that are homeschooled, and we love the homeschool aspect, uh, but the difficulty of that is uh, engaging in community, engaging in like sports is one of the big things for me growing up in public school, um, sure. and and the camaraderie that that brings and. They haven't really experienced that until you move to a place like this, where it is it is the thing that gets pushed to the top, and uh, so our boys and our family have got to see like a unique pride uh, that comes <laughs> along with that 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 can that can unify a community um, in a unique way, uh, probably here uh, more so than anywhere, yeah. um, just because of you know a third of the people in our community go to that school, the other two thirds. Um, support that school, and you can't get away from it. And so it's been fun for our boys to embrace and and navigate and figure that out. So yeah, fun is a a great way to describe uh, what it is around here. (laughs) Um, To the outsider, they would think cultish, we think something else.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, you described that really well. You described like an Mm -hmm. insider who understands, who sees the value of it, because there are so many outsiders that look at that and go, wait a second, what's going on? But it's a college town. It's it's yes. the college town. Like the, it's hard to find a better example of college town than what you guys have going on there. And
1: uh... exactly, the measure is can a restaurant survive? Hmm. And so think of a restaurant that's closed everywhere else, and it's open in Bryan College Station because it's a college town. Yeah. Um, and and so even if the food is poor, um, poorly made, then uh, college students are still going to eat it, and that restaurant's going to thrive in this community. Yeah. That's cool,
0: but you don't have a Chiloso. Yep.
1: Well, that's the Lord's favor that we're begging for. Is what that is. <laughs> sure. They need to branch out a little bit farther than DFW. Yeah,
0: I I agree. We gotta take this everywhere. So, yes, Chiloso, If you if you haven't been to Chiloso, it started in Rockwall, Texas, where I live. May, maybe my only bragging point, and <laughs> it's all over DFW now, and you need to try it out. And uh, yes. You like Chipotle, you'll love Choloso because it's it's Chipotle, but it's really really good, and it's really yeah. really fresh. So, very very cool. Well, man, I, I i should I should start off a podcast by thanking you for being on, and you should say it's a pleasure and honor. But it really is exciting for me because of what we're doing. Like you know yeah. about I Go Global, and you you guys are actually working with us. We're going to send a group of your college students to New York city, Lord willing this summer, which is exciting. Yes. And it's going to be great. We're going to work with people from all over the world in New York city. So, you know, a lot about IGO from super summer and all that kind of stuff. And you know that at IGO, it's not just about missions. It's about how do we help students own their faith, make it their own? How do we help them live it out? And then how do we help them share it? And mm-hmm. you've, you've been involved in so much of that over the years but our audience for this podcast, all 11 of them are either (laughs) students that are maybe in college trying to live it out right now, or they're upper high school students that are about to go. And there's youth ministers and other ministers that are listening to this. And so I love what you're, you have the opportunity to share with us. Um, to both those audiences here's here's somebody who's been on both sides of this thing you've you've been in the youth ministry side you've been at super summer with the the high school seniors helping prepare them to that transition to this is your faith let's live it out and now you're in the college ministry world doing that and so i'm excited about how much you're going to help our audience of 11 um really really take that next step and then once you promote it on your social media it's we're going to go up to like 15 20 people in the last thing. Oh yeah. Taking over the world. One podcast episode <laughs> at the time. So as you're thinking about all those hats you've worn and, and how you see ministry, if you're talking to students right now and specifically like the green school type student that's coming to super summer and they, they may be thinking like, what, what's college going to be like? How, how can they prepare themselves? To come into college successfully, good transition, live this out, but really specifically, live out their faith, share their faith in college. How can a student prepare
1: himself or herself for that? Um, <laughs> my, my first reaction was like, "Hey, good luck." Uh, <laughs> um, what what I see, what we what we push students in um but but maybe even the ones that we see that uh that we wish we could clone that i think have it have it figured out whenever they walk in here um a couple characteristics that i would i would put out there on them um one like they really they really really love jesus Um, not not just like no jesus not just texas i go to church jesus but like they they have allowed the gospel to be pushed down into them to, to where they really, really know it. There's a confidence in their faith. Um, there's a desperation to know him more. Um, those things are just really alive in, in that student. Um, and I think when that begins to happen, then the, uh, the narcissism that is like so pervasive in this generation begins to get pushed down uh, because they have a realistic uh, understanding of who they are. Um, and so in in the midst of that, then they begin to make decisions that aren't, uh, about themselves. They aren't about trying to make themselves look better. They aren't about pushing their own agenda or their own brand. Um, it's about others and how do I serve and how do I plug in and how do I make like this space better for the gospel. Um, and so that, that pushes them into the local church and they become champions of the local church. They, uh, they get in the practice of like, when I get to the community, I'm going to actually find a church and I'm going to anchor my life into that church. And I'm going to spend the next four years making that place better. Um, because it's not about me and consuming, um, it's about how I can, um, make this space better and serve this place more and plug in there. And so that, like that understanding of the gospel and that coming alive in them and then living that out, I think is, is really the, is really the foundational thing. Um, we, we prayed for that. I I didn't set this up fully, but we, we came in December of uh, 2019 and, and I was here when college students left. And so we were transitioning in ministry and then, uh, we were here for like seven weeks and COVID hit and our town really got shut down. I mean, they just sent everybody home. And as like the new college pastor on the scene who, uh, that there probably wasn't this expectation there was an expectation that we were going to make an impact and our college ministry was going to grow um but it but it wasn't this huge expectation but i knew i was walking in the unexpected with our with our church body and with the community um and so our prayers began to shift into like how are we going to grow and build this ministry To so like lord when when we get the opportunity to hit reset we're begging you for like some foundational kids that aren't going to need babying in their faith. Like we're going to have to be surrounded by people that get it so that we can make an impact to those who don't. Right. Um, And he was gracious to do that with, with not only returning students that had already been built into before I came uh, but incoming students that props to their, to their home churches and props to their families. Like when they walked in, they just went, this is my church. How can I make this place better? Can you help me continue to know God more? Can, can you help me push, uh, uh, my life to be poured out for him to be ruined for him so that I can live on mission. Can we do that? And can we do it quickly? Um, and those are the people that are like, yes, can we get, can we get more of that? So that that's really first, uh, for us. And it's going to be the thing that we continue to push down. Yeah. Do you know the gospel? Do you understand the gospel? Do you understand how it actually changes? Hmm. Uh, your life and how you can live it out. So, man,
0: I love that. You you know, you know, enough about Igo, one of the foundational values that we teach is called hope of the world, which is the local church is the hope of the world. And so as a college student, Mm -hmm. sometimes there's this idea that, well, I was at my church growing up and I go to college and I get involved in all these other things, which are all good. But there's so much disconnect from that. And what we what we tell people all the time, our students, is like if you disconnect from the church, you're disconnecting from the mission. God's mission mm-hmm. is through his church. And so let me just go ahead and say this right now. And and I'll probably say it again. First Baptist Church Brian. If you're if you're one of our IGO students and you're you're an Aggie now and you have not found a church, you need to go check out First Baptist Church Brian. Because number one, you've had experiences through IGO that have already set you up to be the kind of student that John's talking about, that you come in and you're ready to lead. You understand the gospel. There's the place for you to do that at first Baptist Brian, go find John, tell him I sent you if you're crazy and um, get plugged in and don't disconnect from that mission from these four years. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about this. Like we got college students that listen to this all the time. They're trying to live out their faith. They're trying to share their faith. They're trying to make the most of their college experience. And that's, i i know you know this because you've been praying for this and you've taken this position you know how important that time period is in the life of Mm -hmm. a person so how does a student at a m or really any college campus make the most of those college years in your opinion like what what do they need to be doing
1: yeah i think that that missional thinking um of course jesus was perfect at this but I, i think missionaries uh, lance maybe will speak to this even better than me hopefully um like if if you can understand culture that the lord has put you in um and, and embrace that it's the the paulian i all things to all people uh, kind of thing embrace that culture and 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 help push that that further and faster uh based off of what what they're already walking in um, so so for me in in like the baseline of that and for college students uh, our teaching and what we're equipping our college leaders for is to understand that college students are directional um, in this season. Like, like a lot of times we think that you're going to a institution for higher learning to to deepen your understanding of a certain thing. Yes, it that's true, but but what is actually I think what is actually happening is a student is has a knowledge of what they want to do. They're just looking for people to point them in the right direction to do it. Um, and so, so we take. Okay, college students—they're—they're they're looking for their next step. That's why majors change all the time. That's why why people are. That's why college students are great at missions. That's why all those things because they have this space and the season where where they're able to take this this next step in a direction that they think, they hope, that for Christians that the Lord is pushing them for. For unbelievers, it's to further them uh, to their next step. Yep. And so, uh, we take that directional thinking, and go. Um, Can we take a generation who is passionate, maybe even addicted uh, about being missional, whether believers or unbelievers, and use that for the kingdom? Uh, So point them in a direction that's going to make a big gospel impact. And so for us, again, it goes back to understanding the gospel um, in your everyday, in Aggieland, how do you function as a disciple? How do you function as a discipler? We give them five things to hold on to. We make it really, really simple. If, if you will do these five things every day, if you'll encourage your friends to do these five things, if you'll make this part of your conversational culture, it's going to change the way that they're looking hmm. so that you know that their next step, their next direction would be one that would make an impact for the kingdom um, and not for themselves That's that shift in thinking. So passionate about God's word, not only reading it, but memorizing it, passionate about prayer. Um, we model that and we give them opportunities to live that out. Uh, the living life in community, being engaged with the local church, um, championing the local church, like we already said, and then practicing the last art of evangelism every day. We're um, We're we're real good. I made this statement uh, that... I don't even know if I prepared to make this statement while I was speaking, but it was if, if you go and look at the number of pastors that are being fired um, for any number of things, a majority of them are going to be um, sexual morality, financial, things like that, that we would look at and go, yes, rightfully so. You should step away from from this position, um, But but I don't know of a story of a pastor that got let go because he wasn't sharing his faith. But I know if 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 we walked into a lot of churches and said, okay, instead of Monday being a work day where we catch up from Sundays, we're going to go to apartments and we're going to go door to door and share our faith, there'll be a lot of pastors that wiggle in that.
0: Yeah. And they sure. would
1: go, ah, I I don't know about that. Um and so getting back to that art of everyday, engaging mm-hmm. with people underneath the idea of like, I'm going to. This is I'm going to share my faith with this person. I'm going to share Christ with this person today and walking in that. Um, and so it gets back to the, like, not avoiding sin, but actually practicing the things that God commanded us to do. Um, and, and that, again, grabs their head and they begin to think, okay, I'm on mission more than just existing. Yeah. Uh, and when, when everyday college students do that, um, one, it, it's a gigantic impact for the kingdom. We know it's strategic what we're doing. Uh, college ministers and youth ministers, like you're fixing to send people out that can have an impact all around the world. Texas A&M, we're poised for that because we're sending students everywhere. Yeah. And so if they would think that way um, and think missional, it's gonna make an impact here, thankfully, but it should echo um, in places that we would never never gonna understand or know that it's echoing in, um, just because it's shifted the way that they're looking. Um, and if we can do that every day, a little bit more and more every day, um, then it's, it should affect the trajectory of their life, but affect the trajectory of other people's lives.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's really cool. I like that directional language. I like the, yeah. The, you know, this, this generation is so passionate about so many different things and if we can point them to the, the things that really matter, mm-hmm. which uh, there's a lot of things that really matter in Aggieland. <laughs> if you can point them, to the big big picture <laughs> things man that's that's really yeah. cool i love that and you know uh i told you before we started recording i i, I talked to joel bratcher bsm director there at AggieLand last week and we yep. were just talked about the whole world's there at aggie like mm-hmm. there are so many international students the mission field is right there in front of them all the time whether it's yeah someone from the other side of the planet or someone stumbling out of the Dixie chicken, right? There's a mission field right there in front of them. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And man, you want to, you want to know your faith, go share it, right? Like, yeah, go, go tell somebody the good news and you'll really start to figure out, I need to, I need to know this really, really well, which is so, so cool. So think about, think about youth ministers and you, you, you were one, you've been involved in that world forever. You know, all those guys, um, and gals, all of them. So the age old question, when I say age old, like they've been asking this question since I started in youth ministry, that's how old this thing really is. How do yeah. we get kids to not leave their faith at high in high school? You know, like youth ministry, mm-hmm. it's all about that small town, whatever and then they go to college and we see kids check out on their faith all the time. So the youth minister is always trying to figure that out. How do I make sure that when kids graduate from my youth ministry, they don't graduate from their faith? Yeah. What, what kind of help from your perspective as I was in youth ministry, I still work with students, but I, I I'm also on this other side now, seeing students come in, how does a youth minister make sure or help to make sure, I guess, that their mm-hmm. kids don't leave their faith behind when they go off to college.
1: Yeah. This is gonna require like part three and four. And so <laughs>
0: Teloso we'll, for we're,
1: days. We're gonna take turns. We're gonna take turns <laughs> buying it, is the only okay. way that that's gonna it's gonna work. Um <laughs> there's there's a couple sides to that. And uh if most of you won't know my story and that's okay, but I was I was like the there's two poster children, youth ministry kids, I think. And one is like the kid who's, whose parents are volunteers and all of the youth parties are at their house because they have a pool and, <laughs> um, he, he, like it, it just fits, you know, and the Lord's gracious that he gets to grow up in a house like that, or she gets to grow up in a house like that. And, um, everything just clicked. I was, I was the other side of like the champion youth ministry kid that like drug abusing parents when you when you think of like the kid that should become a pastor I was not it Hmm. um, but just happened to become like a kid that was um, the church brat and I would go to my youth pastor's house on the weekends and hang out with him and see how they did family and and so there's there's two sides of this thing because my first answer and like how how youth pastors can help shorten that 80 percent number uh loose number whatever that is with, with kids just kind of abandoning uh, the church, maybe their faith when they walk out of high school. The easy side of that is like, you have to engage with parents. Like if you're not equipping and encouraging and walking beside and championing parents who, you know, it, I mean, you've probably preached the message that, you know, you get two hours a week with their kids and you think that I could, I can make that impact versus a parent. And, uh, yes, we say that from stage, whenever you get to preach on that Sunday between Christmas and new year's, when nobody's actually really (laughs) listening, um, but. But are you championing those parents, really? Um, and so one of the things that we did in student ministry, um, we just set a metric that we wanted 50 percent of our volunteers to be parents of current, current students hmm. just to be engaged. And, and when they when they engaged with us and most of the time they were positive in their engagement with us, they talked about it outside of there. And so they were engaging with other parents, they became, they became youth pastors in neighborhoods, they became church champions where they lived more so than I would ever be. Um, And so they got to interact and encourage and uh, spur on parents to be the parents that God has called them to. Um, You know, that's, we know it to be true. And I, I'm a youth ministry champion, I hope that I get to do it. uh, Student ministry all of my life, if the Lord sees fit. Um, but we don't have a, this is how you do youth ministry chunk of scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, it's not outlined in there, but what is, is like how you parent, how you, mm. how you live, how you go about your day. And so if we're as a, as student ministries, not going after parents and encouraging and equipping parents and helping, uh, a, helping a church do that, um, and, And part of that is being a youth ministry that takes the kids away for an hour so that parents can be equipped and encouraged in other spaces. That's a big part of it. Um, But the other part of it is for us to go walk side by side and champion um, their education and their next steps and be like, you're 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 giving me your kid. You're either forcing your kid to come or you're driving out of your way to drop your kid off. Or you're trusting me to take your kid away, you know, with a bunch of other kids for a week, or you're doing all those things because you believe that I have something of value. Let me share with you what that thing of value is. And let me have a space to speak into your life. And let me make myself available to you um, to encourage you. That would be the first thing. Hmm. Um, One of the great things about me transitioning into college ministry, um, and I said this before, is college students are really junior high students that have gone through puberty. And they're they're looking for like, again, junior high students are just directional. They're like, what's next? Point me to wherever high school students go through a pretty deep knowledge transition where they're they're growing and understanding their faith. They're they're figuring out sort of next steps, but they're just they're growing in knowledge. And then college, it hits reset again. Um, and so then they begin to boys begin to act like junior high boys again. Um, and girls get irritated by the fact that boys are acting like junior high boys again. That's college ministry. And the, the joking thing about me transitioning into college ministry is that I get to do the same type of ministry. I get to do a lot of the same, honestly, the same style teaching, but I don't have any pushback from parents. Hmm. Like, like if your kid gets hurt going to camp, <laughs> which we don't really do camp in college ministry, but, but if, yeah. if something happens to your kid, I'm not getting a, a phone call from a parent. If I say something from stage that, um, hurt Johnny's feelings, Johnny's mom doesn't call me, um, during the season. But, but as I joke about that, and as I sit in that, sometimes I kind of go, but I, I sort of wish they would hmm. like, I, I, I love, I love that interaction. I love that accountability. I love, um, what it does and how I think, um, because of the way that the Lord has created the, the family structure. And so when we look at generally, when you look at the success, which is a weird way to put this, but like. Like a successful christian kid that comes in and is killing it for the kingdom oftentimes it's because they've had a family that set them up for that and so they're bragging shifts from like my youth pastor was this to like my dad taught me this and my mom taught me this and i was encouraged by my family in this um and we go yeah that's it and i hate that it's rare like i like i hate that that's not the thing that that church kids don't come in and they're they're like they're the champion of their parents uh, already because their parents help them grow so much in their faith. Um, so that's the long form of that side, that poster child side of it. The other side, um, of, of this, and it's something we see in college ministry, but you're going to see, uh, of course we saw it in, in high school and junior high ministry. Um, I think one of the greatest fears that has been highlighted by the COVID season is we are scared to death of being alone as, hmm. uh, even, even in the midst of like social media and we can put on this appearance and, right. and we have thousands of friends at our fingertips, we're wildly lonely uh, in our culture. And COVID has highlighted that. And, and I believe like in the church, fringe kids, kids whose parents are not believers, um, kids who are just searching, maybe even kid of course, kids whose parents are believers. All of those things connect where like they're, they're frightened of that. Um, and that gets boiled down to like what the DNA that God has, is the spiritual DNA that we have. Like we, we have a, a deep longing to be known. We have a deep longing to know people, um, even when we hide um, and we put up a mask. It's because we think that we know ourselves and because we know ourselves and nobody's going to love us. But, you know, Spring John 3, 16 in the mix, like God really does love us. Yeah. That's the one thing that matters. But then if we would model that as, as student ministries and college ministries to be like, this is a place that you can deeply be loved. Hmm. And and this is a place that you can really, really trust. And if and if they would model that in, in local church context, then when they go out and then they're able to engage in that. Like, like I was loved in this place, but I think I can be loved somewhere else. But more than that, now I'm sort of an adult. And so I can also love hmm. in the midst of this place. Um, and I think that's how that's how I stuck. I think it's it's the thing that continue to echo in my student ministry career, even as we continue to do it here on the college context, is like if a student feels known, if a student feels loved, no matter who they are, if they feel like they have a place, they're going to stay. Hmm. It's just the thing, like they're, they're going to be connected. Um, and so whether it's we do a poor job of, once a kid is connected to our church to continue to connect with them because our ministry is about numbers or our ministry is about like gathering kids versus growing kids. Um, it, that could be the context where they step out of it. And like, I just, I couldn't wait to graduate because our entire student ministry shifted to like trying to get more junior high kids here. And I just felt like I was kind of being pushed out. Um, if that, That's part of it. Um, or, you know, the other side of it is that like they, they couldn't get past themselves enough um, and the persona of like being the cool guy or the cool girl to actually really, really be known and loved um, because the space that they were in wasn't safe um, for that uh, shot at youth ministers. If I want to take it, a lot of that's longevity, honestly, hmm. like if they go through a cycle of the average youth minister that if if I were a seventh grader and I walked in there and I knew that I'd already seen it going up through children's ministry when I got there seventh grade, they just hire a youth pastor and 18 months later, he's gone. I'm not gonna get to know this guy by the middle of my eighth grade year. They're gonna hire somebody else into yeah. my sophomore year, he leaves. And so um, I'm experiencing the effects of divorce by somebody that I trust. Um, and so I'm never actually really gonna fully engage. Um, and so I think a, a big part of that is like, if if we would have student pastors and, and I know, hundreds thankfully being in the in the circle that we're in with super summer and being connected with the guys that are like faithful servants in their places Um, and they can teach us even better where uh, what i love now is that like the the students that i had when i first started in sherman that were seventh and eighth graders that now we're doing yikes we're doing their weddings and we're sending them on mission and they're still calling and they're still texting every week and they're still going hey could you help me with this we have a conversation about this because for six years Like we loved on them for six years, they were known, um, and they, they felt comfortable and confident. And when we look at this now, um, our longevity in a space completely skews that number to where like we could look at the, okay, who are the kids that we had all the way through and how are they doing in church now? And so that 80% number disappears. Because wow. they found a spot that was consistent and they were loved, and so I, I think those all of those things connect. It's probably a long answer. I'm sorry, but that that's how we continue to approach uh, ministry here: is is to know and to love people, insiders and out, and to to make sure that we're empowering and connecting with with parents. We even do that in college ministry uh, with a uh, with, with a program that's um, our. Uh, it's it's called cams. It's cheesy, but our college age ministers are the people who kind of help run our ministry. We interview their parents, hmm. and so like, hey, we need your parents. We need your we need your parents' name and number, because we're gonna have a conversation about you because they know you. And sometimes they're like, oh, don't do that. Um, and they're like, my parents are both unbelievers. That's fine. Like yeah. like that's gonna be sweet for your parents to hear your testimony echoed through what I'm gonna share. Um, but a lot of times it it will continue to reveal stuff about them. So it's our it's our smaller way to continue to engage in parents to introduce ourselves. And I was in the phone call with like, Hey, you're going to know your kid and he's going to serve in our ministry. And if there's something that he or she is struggling with, with that we can help out with, we're just available to you. And we're going to ch- challenge and charge them, but you're, you still get to lead them. And so how can we help you from a distance often, uh, but still making ourselves available,
0: man. That's really cool. I, I never heard, of, yeah. heard that and that's sometimes parents don't even think they, they have that voice anymore. You know, you have to remind mm. yourself as a parent. Yep. I got two kids in college right now and I have to remind myself all the time. Yep. No, they they still have to listen to me. <laughs> I
1: mean, Yep. they're still they, yours.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, they don't have to do it. Obviously, sometimes they do whatever <laughs> they want, but they're going to have to at least give me the time and to speak yeah. into that. It's really cool. And then to have a partner in that is amazing. And John, yep. your answer was long, but it was great because it's it is both sides of that. It is, I mean... It, your shot at youth ministers is fair, but you're, you've you been in youth ministry enough to where, and you know enough of these guys to know that sometimes they're leaving is not even their choice, you know. Um, yep. But if you do both sides of that, you got parents that are really involved and that, then that makes up for some of that youth minister turnover when parents are the constant, yes. you know, because... There's so much brokenness. There's so much dysfunction that kids are coming out of. And if they find Mm -hmm. something in the local church that's constant and loving, like you said, why would they not want that when they go to college? Why would they not seek that Mm -hmm. out? And I said this earlier about if you're Aggie and you're not connected, you need to go find First Baptist Brian. But like, let me say this. If you're a high school student and you're thinking about A&M for all the reasons, (laughs) When you go to visit A and M, you ought to go visit a church. You ought to go visit go visit John yep. and let him tell you what they got going on. I told, we talked about this with Joel. Go visit the BSM and see what they have to offer mm-hmm. too. And if you're a youth minister and you got kids at A and M and you're worried about how they're doing, I bet you you can reach out to John and he'll respond and he'll try to help. So, yeah, this this is a big big global village partnership, whatever, trying to help these, these kids figure it out and develop. And I love what you're doing. That's really, really cool. And that the, the family thing, like sometimes I think youth ministers are, you said it, we all know that the families have to be involved for the faith to stick, but then Mm -hmm. there's this one little side of it where we're going, yeah, but I want to make sure it's their faith and not just their parents' faith. Mm-hmm. And w- what I heard you say is like the permission to just let it let it ride, let it let it play out with their families being the driving factor, and there's probably a better mm-hmm. chance it'll stick that way than the other. um And I, yeah. that's really really cool, really cool.
1: We had it it was a little strange, but I I love that it was strange how this played out. This little quick story. um There's a uh, I'm not gonna use her name, but there's a senior girl, East Texas, who uh, sent me an email like four months ago. I said, Hey, I'm coming to a Um, I want to know about your church. Nice. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Like <laughs> you're not here for like nine more months. Uh, but okay. And so we shared a little bit. She emailed me back. She's like, okay, I've, I've watched the service. I've kind of engaged with that. You guys do internships because I internship in my youth ministry right now. Um, and so I shared some of like, Hey, this is, this is how this comes alive as far as our interns and us getting to know you and, and sliding into that space. Uh, and then a week ago, Sunday, I'm setting in our, at our guest central or guest reception area after second service. And this girl walks up and it's this girl from East Texas introduces herself to me. And, and I was like, Hey, like you're the girl I've been emailing. It's like, yeah, this is my mom. And it's like, well, what are you guys doing? It's like, we drove up for service this morning. I like, hold on. Like <laughs> you just drove here for church. It's wow. like, yeah, we're gonna grab something to eat and drive back. And I was like, that's like a five-hour drive for you. You spend 10 hours on the road today. Um, and in the midst of a 20-minute conversation after our service and and us sharing about like how we do ministry and why we do ministry and uh what it would look like for her to plug in. Um, I, I just really began to realize because her mom is like leaning into this. I, I believe that this girl is is a is a go-getter. She's she's about finding her church and finding her space and plugging in and making an impact. Yeah. But but I believe that it was contagious. Uh, I believe that her. I mean, her mom was the one who got up and drove her here. Her mom was is is it was probably the driving force around that. Maybe her freshman and sophomore year. And now now she's getting it. Yeah. And she's living it out. And her, her mom's just back there like chomping at the bit. You know, kind of wanting ask ask the questions. But her daughter is leading this charge. Um. And I was like, what what would it look like if if that became the norm where we were equipping students that were like fixing to step into their college years or their vocational years or whatever they had next. But they were so mission minded. They're like, if I go to this space, I still need the body of Christ to surround me. And the gospel so urgent that I need it from day one. And so I'm going to spend like this time instead of my freshman year shopping churches, I'm going to spend my senior year shopping churches. Huh. Um, and so I I find the space that's like my spot and I can plug in and I can do it as soon as I get there. Um, and I begin to ask, like, will you hire me? Will you put me in a leadership position? Will you do these things? And I'm going, like, girl, I don't know you yet. But, but what I see, like, if, if I don't make sure that you're one of ours, like I've blown it. Like, I, I, these are the people that I want showing up here. And if that became Absolutely. the norm, where we were, we were forward thinking at that point, where it wasn't like, how can I make my student ministry stronger? Or how can I make my church stronger? but the thing that we echo in our, in our college ministry is yes. How do you make this church stronger? Not by coming to a college class or a college event, but by serving hmm. in children's ministry and in youth ministry and in our praise band and, and, and pouring out in that way. And then also thinking it enough that like, Hey, you're only here for four or years. And then I'm sending you somewhere else in the world. Yeah. And when you get there, is that place going to be better? Like, yeah, we'll, we'll see the effect of you leaving. But will we will we celebrate the fact that where you're going is going to be impacted uh, for the gospel in an incredible way? If if we could think that way, starting in you know youth ministry, even in children's ministry, and beyond, what would it do to the church?
0: <laughs> that girl, I want I want to know her name. I want to vote for her for president one day. Um, yeah, <laughs> like we'll text you. That's awesome. And yeah, I think it's cool because I didn't know that story. I, I, these, here's my show notes. That that question, that comment about checking it out when you're in high school, that's not on my notes. It just like it came up yeah. while we were talking, and then you had the story. So that there's actually evidence that it could happen. Youth ministers, yeah. like you can do that. Point your kids to college, but point them to a church in college. If you don't yeah. know John, get to know John. You know somebody else that you trust on a different co- church in a college town. Point your students to that way mm-hmm. before they get there, because. you you didn't say it, but you, you implied it. Like they get so overwhelmed with all the things in front of them, their freshman year that 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 becomes the last thing they check off. Oh, and uh, finally when I get settled, I I need to go find a church. And so they missed some opportunities right there at the beginning, which is, I mean, that's, that's really cool. So yeah, we need to do part two, part three, all the parts, (laughs) and we'll just keep this conversation going because there's no doubt this is helpful. If I'm, if I'm in youth ministry I'm, if I'm a student, like this would be helpful stuff for me to think through. Um, so that's yeah. really good. But right now, I want us to transition and do some rapid fire.
1: Do I need to stretch?
0: You probably need to stretch. You probably need to <laughs> do some good old fashioned calisthenics. Um, now we we on our podcast we like to do this. We like to put people on the spot. But it's it's never really it's never really scary. It's just uh, we want we want to ask you a random bunch of questions and see what comes out so we'll start with the easy and then we'll just move our way through the list i've had like 10 questions on the rapid oh fire with john davison
1: is this one word answer or what do we got
0: what no it's it's not limited to that um okay it's just first response answer Woo. whatever that looks like so uh number rapid fire number one your go-to order at whataburger
1: uh patty melt no onions Ooh. Which doesn't make it a patty melt anymore, I don't think. I've gotten flack from that.
0: Because of the no onions?
1: I, yeah, I think that's the, I don't know why that's the ingredient. I just like the Texas toast and that cheese. Mm-hmm. Just leave the onions off. Yeah, when that cheese melts and that toasts.
0: That's hard to beat that. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay, I like it. You've been at Super Summer a long time. What's the best theme that you ever had or the best theme that you saw another school that you wish you'd have thought of?
1: Uh, Jeff Kennan's khaki school theme every year is fantastic because uh, he does not care. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) it's either going to be like coffee or something related around coffee. So he can sit around and drink coffee. Um, I think our favorite theme uh, would have been um, the year of the duck when it kind of fit with actually what you guys were doing, because we did the big duck dynasty theme and we had, Mm -hmm. uh, it was funny. Um, Oregon University of Oregon donated a bunch of their duck lip duck calls to us we just sent an email to I somebody and they happened to and so we were the most annoying thing on the planet because we had like 100 <laughs> green school kids that you're running around with these ducks making that noise we had this huge duck that we took everywhere with us that, that thing
0: had. was gigantic huge yeah. is not the word humongous hugongous it's like <laughs> I got a picture of me in front of that duck and it's giant. big duck
1: yeah uh, that, that was fun because it was visual it was it 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 messed with your ears like green school was known everywhere that we went and it and it fits uh really really well i think with what with what the lord was doing that year even as as we were teaching so we blame ethan getros shout out to, to my boy ethan for that and uh it, it just came together
0: ducks ducks for jesus of course um yeah wild. there was i go we have a mascot every year and that was either the year of the duck or it was the right after the year of the duck it was something yeah, i can't right. remember how it connected oh it was i got perfect. the
1: shirt from you then so yeah, it worked.
0: Yeah. That yeah, that was that was a good one for sure. And I, you scroll through your Facebook and you see you've you've done quite a bit of themes and dressed up in a lot of different ways. So I'm glad you I'm glad you narrowed it down. Yeah, uh, who's your who's your Super Bowl winner? Kansas City. Please, Just please. please be right.
1: Yeah, I can't I, I can't handle it. I I will recognize greatness, um, and I've seen everything from like. Tom's the goat to like, how can you label somebody the goat that threw, threw three interceptions in a game? But I, we were doing our big college ministry event was last night, so I didn't watch any part of football yesterday. Uh, but going back and looking at his stat line, I just go to like, he he won the game despite throwing three interceptions. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a good game, but please Kansas City.
0: Yeah, he won the game in the first half. I yeah. Mean, they just held on. Yeah. And <laughs> golly, that first half was... It was it was impressive, but it was very frustrating. So yeah, let's go, Mahomes. Um, I'm good with that. Even though,
1: I mean, guns up—that's what he is, and that's fine. Like, yeah. But I'm gonna cheer for him. So.
0: You mentioned Jeff Cannon. We might as well mention Mahomes. So. Keep going. <laughs> let's throw some more tech stuff out there. Uh, if if you could only throw now, okay. Let me let me set this up. Oh, yeah. uh, of all the things that John does. And he, he's a man that wears a lot of hats and has a lot of talents. He's also the disc golf coach for the Texas A&M disk Golf Club, which is, I won't let him go into the whole story about how they're basically the national champions virtually or something. But um, if you, as a disc golf guy, could only have one disc to throw for the rest of your disc golf career, what disc would you throw?
1: It'd be interesting to know if anybody even knows like what we're talking about here, but yeah, it, the sport's cares? growing. So, so that's sweet. I, I would throw a buzz spelled with three Z's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and an ESP buzz it's blue. I know which one it is because, uh, mm-hmm. because it will do, it'll do what you want it to do. It go left. It'll go right. It'll go straight. It's just that utility disc.
0: Yeah. It's, it's technically mid range, right?
1: Exactly. It's mid range.
0: You, you can get it out where you need to go and you could put with it and everything.
1: Yeah. It, it, it'll do, it'll do everything. It's the, it's the wheelbarrow of disc golf, It's a duct tape, duct tape of disc golf.
0: Yeah. I have a buzz with a giant, um, B on it. Yeah. Rockwall's the yellow jackets and nobody really knows what they, those look like. So it's my, <laughs> it just it's, fits. my it's my stinger <laughs> disc, but, um, that's funny. If I was picking one disc, I would pick a leopard. Okay. Like a champion plastic leopard, not the, mm-hmm. not the basic plastic. Cause I can throw that one left and right sometimes yeah. on purpose and uh it would be my go-to but if nobody knows what we're talking about we don't care it's just are like
1: name they're talking about bees and buzzes and <laughs> animals and
0: <laughs> we're throwing throwing animals i'm throwing a leopard you're throwing a a buzz um yeah all right okay um craziest or funniest thing you ever saw or witnessed or experienced at super summer
1: uh that's safe funniest. For an audience. That's oh my word. Um I well if, if it happened at Super Summer, I guess it's safe. <laughs> Maybe. Funniest, we were at uh Mary Hardin and Baylor and the skit guys were on stage and oh, I was boy. actually sitting I was sitting beside Chuck Flowers. Um and don't know why I was sitting beside Chuck Flowers. Don't know how so this was the funniest and the craziest actually happened this year too, that same year. Uh it was weird, but skit guys were on stage and they were doing that uh skit that a lot of you will remember maybe uh, depending on the audience where where it was like the the good idea bad idea and it was like good idea being one with the body and uh tommy who was who didn't have hair uh eddie who didn't have hair uh was yeah. was pretending he was an eye and so he had his he had his hands i know most of you can't see this but he had his hands like he were eyelids and he was opening them and looking through it um and he was like hey i'm an eye i'm an eye and the, the, the bad idea was be one body part. And so as he's doing I'm an I, he looked over at Tommy and he had his hands the other way over his face and he opened <laughs> his hands up and made the, the toot noise um, from stage. And I was sitting by Chuck, uh, who did not appreciate that whatsoever. We're laughing, but then I'm laughing harder because Chuck was sitting beside me furious uh in the midst of that and it was it was one of those things that got to as i got to know more people and executive staff and stuff it was one of the things that echoed for a long time because he he he, how he handled it of course i I believe was gracious but how he talked about it afterwards was really really funny (laughs) i
0: know chuck Um, has some chuck has so many stories and some battle scars from people doing stupid stuff on stage and
1: that's a good one (laughs) i can't imagine that same year Sam Perry was leading worship. Louis Giglio was teaching. Wow! Um, and it was the it was the year that I was called into ministry. So it was my Green School year. If you want to get back to my passion for Green School, we were up in the balcony there, mm-hmm. and a squirrel got into the oh, top.
0: That was that year. You
1: Note: know, yes, yes, Ran all the way around <laughs> the front of Green School. Students came across and ran in front of us. I was a I was a little guy in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. When I graduated, I was. I weighed 133 pounds. I was just skin and bones. Um, A girl in green school saw the squirrel coming and picked me up and like used me as a shield um, (laughs) in the midst of this. (laughs) Well, Sam Perry is in the midst of like deep worship and he, he sees us appear to be doing the wave in the, in the balcony. (laughs) He was so mad. He kicked us out of, out of rainbow. (laughs) It's like, he stops playing. He's like, great school. Get out of the balcony. Like, he's so (laughs) mad. Well, we're not paying attention to him whatsoever because the squirrel is now running back across the front of us. And our dean, Randy Chun, has a big Bible, and the squirrel runs across him, and he doesn't hit the squirrel with it. He throws this Bible at it (laughs) and stuns this squirrel with this Bible and picks it up, and he's like, I got (laughs) <laughs> and walks out <laughs> of Rainbow, <laughs> and we're just sitting there like, "What in the world is going on?" And Tommy Toombs was doing uh, skits then, and so he comes in the next oh, day with man. a squirrel on his shoulder and hypes it up, and it was, yes. it was the greatest moment I think that that we'll ever experience. Getting kicked out for something we didn't control at all, but
0: I I had no idea you were a student at that. That's a legendary Super Summer story. <laughs> That's, That's glorious. really good. I ran front into row. S- <laughs> that's awesome! I ran into Sam randomly at a camp two years ago. One of his kids was in the worship band, and mm-hmm. uh, got to see him again. That's that's some good. The squirrel at Super Summer,
1: yeah. That's that's how Super Summer stuck. Like I wasn't never not going back after that. Why
0: would why would you even think about it? Like, yeah, this is where the fun stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I got to ask this one. Well, I don't have to, but I wrote it down. I felt like I have okay. to. What, what are your, what are your true feelings about the college football playoff?
1: Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to play Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being in the top four would have been great. Um, COVID was strange, and so did the Aggies get robbed. Uh, sure, you have to say that as an Aggie. Um, we would have probably ended up four. We would have played Alabama. Um, and I believe that they were they were they were just too good this year. Um, so yeah. it didn't matter who was in the top four, honestly, um, at that point. With that said, I I love where we finished. I love that Alabama won because it looks really really good for us next year.
0: Very true, very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you if you didn't say that the Aggies got robbed, then you would have to take off that hat. So I just
1: leave. I just leave town. That's true. <laughs> Move to Rockwall, work That's at Choloso.
0: Come on, <laughs> that, that'll work too. Um. Okay, so what's your favorite type of wood to use when you're uh, making your cutting boards at Baby Sisters Boards?
1: Oh, thanks for that. Um, I'm a walnut guy. I just walnut? I love how it looks when it when it comes out. The walnut can be really ugly until you finish it, um, and then it comes alive in a really, really sweet way. And so it's, it's become our favorite uh, to work with just because of how it looks, honestly.
0: So I wanted to ask that question because I thought it'd be cool, but I also wanted you to tell a little bit of that story, like you're making cutting boards, you're selling mm-hmm. them. You call it baby sisters boards, bringing, bringing her home. Tell, tell yeah. me what's going on there.
1: So seven years ago, uh, my wife and I really our family because we had boys that were four and two at the time, uh, started our adoption process to to bring a little girl home from Haiti. and our agency told us when we started in Haiti, like we didn't know why we were picking Haiti, except the Lord was just like, Haiti is where you're going. We we could have adopted from a couple other countries we were approved to adopt from, and it probably would have been faster. But at the time it was a two to three year wait uh, to get children home uh, that has now turned into a seven year wait and we still haven't been matched yet uh, with a child. And so we believe that our, our daughters in Haiti were waiting for the right time. Uh, honestly, behind the scenes, like part of it was, Um, we were asking the Lord for like, where's our landing place. And we believe that Bryan college station is that, that didn't affect the timeline for them. We just, we knew that there was going to be a spot that she was going to come home to. Hmm. Um, and so we believe that it's really, really soon. But in the the midst of that, woodworking has been kind of a side passion of mine. It's a, it's therapy. It's, it's, it's mental therapy for me to get out there and do that. Uh, when you're in a process for seven years, um, it to guard your feelings. Um, a lot of times you push the thought of it out, hmm. so that you you don't think about it. You're not burdened by it. You your heart's not getting wrecked by it. My wife will testify to this. Like it's heart wrenching for her when we, when we pray about it. You know, it, it will bring about tears in us when we talk about it. When we tell the story. It, it's just difficult. Sure. Um, and so we would probably sinfully get in the habit of just pushing that thought down. And I knew like I needed to do something. Our family needed to do something that would remind us of her um, every day. And our adoptions pretty well funded. Um, we've had some gracious friends, um, church members and beyond that have helped support us that. We got a couple grants that are helping pay for it. Um, and so we thought what if we what if we launched a nonprofit, use the skill that the Lord has has given us and started raising money for other families that are walking in the midst of this? Tell our story hear their story, tell their story, and it will help us engage um, in a healthy way, our adoption and other people's adoption. Um, So we launched Baby Sisters Boards, which is uh, when we pray for her because we don't know her name. uh, Our boys call her Baby Sister and they're just, you know, there's asking the Lord to bless Baby Sister and all that. And it just stuck. And so uh, Baby Sisters Boards was launched uh, on Mother's Day. This year, I gave my wife the first board uh, because she didn't know that I had built a business behind her back, um, <laughs> uh, launching it, website and and design and all of that. And I handed it to her and uh, then shared with her kind of the vision of what this was and if we were actually going to do it. She said, yes, we're going to do it. So cool. And so we've been on on the side making and selling custom, custom cutting boards and charcuterie boards and some other things that people have been asking us to build uh just to to keep it on our front but also to encourage other families who are walking in it
0: it's really cool too like yeah not, not just the whole idea the idea is amazing but the boards look great so find Thank john you. on facebook that's where i see it all the time it's i don't know you yeah. have a website for it or whatever but you can see that connected him john davison take the d out
1: Yeah, you'll get somebody here. My middle name is Harley. And so it it makes sense (laughs) to say Davidson, but that's not the name. Okay, I could probably still get a job there, but it's just not spelled right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Job there in Chiloso when things don't work out. So, Um, yeah, check those out because that's that's a great story. And I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I put that question in so we could bring that out as well. So, yeah, thanks, bud. um, What's your favorite Aggie tradition?
1: I was, I was about to just answer it. Like the favorite Aggie tradition is tradition. Um, <laughs> like, like they don't let things fade. It, right. Like if, if it, if it sticks, it's going to stick forever. Um, <laughs> but like, the, that's the, that's the easy answer. The, the 12th man, like you can't not get away from that because what, what it does is it puts everybody on the field. Yeah. Um, more so than anywhere else. And what what is echoed at Kyle Field and what is echoed in like football tradition um, gets pushed into not only hallways and classrooms and dorms, but it gets pushed, pushed into the community. Um, and and that it's sweet because when people have the mindset that like they're part of it, like they impact, they uh, they uh, they they can affect the outcome. um that that changes like life for a lot of people and how they think um and it it brews uh, weird to say this like it brews greatness in people in a way that maybe they didn't think that they could because of that so inviting people into that i think is really sweet
0: yeah you're all part of this not 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 just just spectators
1: which is cool our yeah, you know, our boys went to one game and instantly they're like, "Where's the best?" And I'm like, "Who's we?" Like you're you're four foot three. Like you didn't affect. Me. No,
0: we did. And so we're doing it. It's, yeah,
1: yeah, that's what, that, and they love that. So
0: that yeah, that's very cool. um Can any of the Aggie disc golf team members beat you in disc golf?
1: Uh, I hope so. Uh, yes, they can. Um, it happened this week uh, already. Uh, the again, the humble brag. The guy who won, uh, the guy who won our Texas championship, who is the uh, that weekend the best disc golfer in Texas. And I would say he's probably one of the best disc golfers in Texas. Um, can beat me pretty often. The kid is is legit, and he throws really really far. Uh, in my age, and you know the <laughs> stuff that my body's doing, I can't keep up on that. I'll I'll kill him on the putting green, but he just gets there faster.
0: Gotcha, and, and yeah. I might believe that because I know how good you are. But I, I'm pretty sure there's you don't have two guys that can beat the Farm Boys, Cole Reisner and myself. Uh, as long as we're, I don't have on, five guys. As long as we're <laughs> playing at DBU and you're making the course up, yeah. I feel confident in the Farm Boys on that one. <laughs> we
1: we designed to your strengths. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. You keep Cole, it rolling. Hit that That's stop sign one. from thirty, Cole. There you go. That's wild. <laughs> Another story for part four. Oh man, it was a good night for sure. Uh, what's the best book you've read recently?
1: Uh, I could. It's it's called the the fuel and the flame, um, and it really is like how the college classic. students are engaging. Yeah, they're just and it was it was rewritten here shortly, uh, not too long ago. Uh, Paul Paul Worchester jumped in on it and uh, wow. helped add some content to it. Uh, and it, again, if, if you haven't read it and you're in student ministry and or collegiate ministry and and figuring out how to engage students, uh, to share the gospel series talk to, me. sorry, to share, to share the gospel in like their spaces, ignited passion for their spaces. That's it's the best book that I've read on it.
0: Same answer that I got from Joel Bratcher.
1: Really? Yeah. Can... Pretty well. I don't want to derail this, um, but I but I might a little bit. Uh, The collegiate culture uh, in Texas A and M in Bryan College Station is unbelievable. I think what he's doing around the world is is pretty unbelievable, and how things are connecting Hmm. in like stuff that we're studying in our own individual boxes that people are also engaging with. I think the Lord's doing something unique um, with this generation uh, within like leadership and how we're pointing in a certain direction. because we have we have friends that are doing stuff all around the community the bsm joel is is one of my favorite humans here and and kills it uh if you haven't checked out impact future future students that are coming in you got to check out what phil's doing at impact Um, what aggie sisters for christ what uh people at central and at grace and our friends at other churches uh we didn't get together and plan stuff but then we start walking through first Peter at the beginning of the semester. And then I hear from, uh, the, the leaders at impact that, Hey, our, we're studying first Peter together. And yeah. that's weird that it's weird that's coming that way. And, and these things are coming alive in these spaces. I think the Lord's doing something unique. Um, and as a student pastor or as a college pastor out there, if you're not connecting with the guys that do ministry in your area, um, and loving them well, and, hearing the stories of what the Lord is doing and being encouraged by that and encouraging them and equipping them with your resources and your prayers. Um, you're missing it. Uh, and I, I probably missed it for a long time. Um, but I'm learning even more and more the value of it here because um, there's a reason humble brag that Texas a and is the largest mission sending university yeah. in the world, because, because, the people here get it that it's not about the name that's out on the sign or the name that's on the shirt uh it's about jesus almost all the time and how we function and we function really really well together that's cool no i'm
0: glad you said yeah. showed
1: that for sure so this is the uh this is a part of the
0: show where when i'm editing i will bring in some music hey and we'll just like Go we'll enjoy that and i will say thanks bro thanks for tuning in yeah Thanks for uh, sharing. You carved out a good chunk of time to do this, and I, I know it will be helpful as people listen to this and check this out. Students, future students coming to a and student pastors, that man they'll be encouraged by this. So thank you. Thank you very much, bro. You got it. I'll, I'll always carve out time for this for sure. I look forward to part two, three, four, and all the ones to come.
1: Come on.